Um, so I just, I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like, I know it's rough. I know this fasting is rough. Um, but um, at the end of the day, um, God God deserves that much. Just three weeks, 21 days. Um, so be encouraged. I don't care how you're doing. I don't care if you messed up 20 times in one day. It's fine. Just, just keep it. Just get stay. You have to um, stay encouraged. Um, so that's why you're here, and I'm I'm very grateful for that. But I get to talk at six o'clock. It's five fifty-five. I'm gonna be quiet. <laughs> somebody got something they want to say. Go and say it, cause cause somebody's depending on you to say what you need to say. Mm-hmm. It's Keisha. I had to grant myself some grace yesterday. I ate a bowl of cereal, and I know it was sugar in it. <laughs> I don't need you discouraging. I don't need you discouraging the rest of my folks. Look, I just need you. To, I just need you to know that I knew what I was doing. I ate me some cereal. Now what? No, that's not the attitude, Keisha. No, no. Keisha. No, I'm just, I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. No. I had, I had one of my other partners who was fasting. He, he was like, hey, let me, let me tell you something. If y'all don't believe the flesh is real, I'm trying to tell y'all, y'all y'all can sell ice to an Eskimo right about now. I'm trying to tell you flesh is real. Um, your flesh will, tell, will convince you that, you know, when you read what Isaac gave you, like it didn't say this and this and this. Technically, it didn't say no cereal. So, I mean, there is a, a gray, you know, gray matter. Now, my partner says the same thing. It's like, hey, is cereal, I mean, I know it's some, some gray matter. It's just, I mean, is cereal like, uh, you know, no, nah, it's, it's, it's processed. That's that's uh, the sugar. It's refined sugar. But at any rate, no. Yeah, and I felt so bad after the fact. And then I was like, okay, Lord, well, sorry. That's, I just no. ate the apple, and I didn't want the apple. <laughs> no, see, what we understand about the flesh is that it's a constant fight. Now, if, if you all come out of this thing unscathed, then um, either you didn't stretch yourself, you weren't being honest with yourself. No, you're supposed to be at war with your flesh during this fast. You know, I went out um, to support some friends yesterday. They were um, doing some things. They was doing some singing, uh, like a concert type of thing downtown. And we were inside of Hard Rock Cafe. And, um, you know, it was a few of us that were fasting that were there. And, uh, you know, we standing beside this table. And this and and this and, he, and some other folks they was they was smashing some chicken tenders that had this man this barbecue sauce just falling off of it man they was just dipping they was just dipping it in the sauce and everybody get these soft drinks and lemonade and all I don't even like tea but tea looked good yesterday you know I was just, <laughs> did you just have to rub it in like that though did you just have to throw it into the forefront like they just tempt us early this morning just just like right. That. I was about to hang up. I'm trying to show y'all that I'm human. That's all I'm trying to do. No, I'm, I'm that just, was too I'm, human. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I was like, man. Mm. So 
I'm trying to tell y'all. It's a constant, it's, it's warfare. You have to look at this thing. This is what I need you all to understand. You got to look at this, this, this acting as real life war, and this is, it's, it's a back and forth tug of war. But you have to come out on top. I don't care how many times you mess up or your mind tells you this, you still got to get back up, and you got to be committed to completing the fast. Finishing it, finishing it after 21 days. I don't care if you come through the finish line limping. The goal is to <laughs> I'm telling you. People can't come limping. out hungry. <laughs> yeah, limping with hunger is what I'm saying. You know, like, I'm attitude. Somebody was like, somebody, somebody was like, man, I got, man, I got, it. Man, I got attitude. You know, I'm just, well, I, I, did you not read what I wrote? I told you all that you're going to have a little funky attitude because you ain't got the caffeine. You ain't got certain carbs, sweets. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you. It's hard out here, so uh, that's why we come together in the morning at six o'clock so we can laugh and joke and and uh, find community uh, in this. Um, we got another day. Uh, it's another day, and um, we started off. We're kicking it off right at six o'clock, and we got right energy. Um, and I think we have the right passage for today because I was going somewhere else. I wanted to go to part three of Joshua um, and preparing for your Canaan. I wanted to go there, and we'll get back there maybe tomorrow if God says the same, um, to look at a few things. I think uh, Joshua is a good book for us to be able to say we've been through um, when the fast is over with. Let me put you all There we go. No, I think the book of Joshua is a, a great book uh, to be able to go through as we think about um, this fast and we think about this new season, January. Um, but we'll get to part three, uh, maybe tomorrow or the day after. But when I woke up this morning about, uh, man, Lord trying to wake me up at 2 o'clock, I was like, come on, God, you got to at least give me another hour, please, because I got to be up again. So, But he woke me up um, and he redirected me. Uh, to another passage, and I believe that he redirected me to this passage. Uh, I have very little notes on it, if I must be honest, um, because obviously someone needs to hear it. And so I want to be obedient in directing you to the book of Nehemiah. Um, the book of Nehemiah is somewhere near the book of Ezra. Um, and so if you remember, we were in Ezra the first uh, couple of days of the fast. But head to Nehemiah um, in the fourth chapter. And so I wanted to be obedient, and I was trying to put some notes together, um, trying to understand what God wanted to say. But somebody, some people, some person, someone needs to hear the simple message for today as we're in day nine of our fast. I'm excited, you all, just to hear your voices and just to know that we're still in the 30s. Um, this is not um, a line that was promoted. You know, we're not online. I can go to Facebook and go to our community and galvanize people, but I wanted to create a community of people who are fasting so we can be here to engage one another. So tomorrow, if you wanted to come in at, at um, 5.50, uh, if I need to be here at 5.45, I will, so we can just laugh and talk. Um, today I have my discipleship group that's gathering after this meeting, um, but if you have something that's pressing, stay on the line and we'll talk it out. Otherwise, I'll be talking to a group of guys 
and um, after this. But listen, we're here in the book of Nehemiah. We're in our ninth day. We're falling. We're getting up. Man, we're tempted. We want good food. Man, silence is something. I'm trying to tell you when you don't, it's, it's hard out here. I'm trying, I'm listening to ESPN on my cell phone. Like, I'm like, boy, you, but I'm trying to find a way just to get some CNN in my life. And so it's hard. It's hard. Um, silence is hard. You ask for forgiveness, grant some grace. But more importantly, get back up and get out of bed. Some of y'all still in bed. I'm sorry. I'm so loud. Forgive me. Oh, I'm excited. Look, we back up to our, our day one numbers. Look at Jesus. All right. All right. So the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah. I'm excited. Uh, I want to see y'all. That's what I want to do. I want to see y'all. We got to find a way to see y'all. So the book of Nehemiah. Um, again, I wanted to take you to the book of Joshua, and as I talked to another friend, she was like, look, from, from yesterday's conversation, I ended up spending two extra hours just looking at the book of, of Joshua and, and just understanding the revival um, of just sitting in the presence of God. I'm saying, you all, we're not doing this out of formality. I'm not getting you to do this so you can come and just, oh, just don't know. We're doing this because we want revival. There's something you're praying to God for. So whatever you're praying to God for, continue to bring it to his altar through this fast. This fast is not for me. You're not doing it for me. Uh, this is not a commitment you're making to me. This is between you and your Lord. And it's my prayer that, um, that God is speaking to you, that God is stretching you. And so in the book of Nehemiah, as you are familiar with the book of, of Ezra a little bit, some of you, you should be now, um, they have returned I know you've heard this story again. They returned from the Babylonian Empire, and their goal at first in the book of Ezra was to rebuild um, the temple, to rebuild their worship, to revive their worship. Uh, the first thing that God wanted to teach them, and I want to keep reiterating, keep reiterating, keep reiterating to you, is that uh, in order to, to enter into a new season, in order to do a new thing, in order to rebuild your life, you have to make sure you're rebuilding your worship. You have to make sure you're creating a space where you're worshiping God. And the enemy doesn't want that because if your worship isn't right, your life isn't going to be right. All right? Now, they... In the book of Ezra, they had a chance to ultimately rebuild the temple. They rebuilt their worship. But there was one other problem. Now that the temple has been rebuilt in Jerusalem, the walls needed to be rebuilt. Now the walls around the temple, around the city needed to be rebuilt because if you don't rebuild your walls, if you don't build boundaries, then what's going to happen is your worship will not be protected. You will allow people to invade your space, invade your, your sacred space that belongs to you and God. And so you need to be able to protect where you live, where you worship. You need to be able to protect that. And so they needed to now, the second thing was to rebuild the temple walls in their lives in Jerusalem. And that's where Nehemiah came to the scene. He came to the scene and God convicted him. And eventually he went back to Jerusalem and he revived an attitude among the people to say, hey, let's now rebuild the walls around Jerusalem so that we will be protected, so that we will have our own security. You need security. You need the boundaries. And, um, and so we ended up in the book of Nehemiah chapter 4 because through 1 through 3, they went back and they saw how dilapidated um, the, and the cave the walls had been. There were, there were crevices in the wall. There were holes in the walls. The walls had been torn down. And so they had to rebuild this very, very tall wall to protect the city. 
And in chapter 3, they were successful. They had, all the people had come together. They were working together side by side. The, the blacksmiths, the priests, it were the children, it were the older people. Everybody was working side by side. And it was a wonderful sight because Nehemiah was showing how he was able to delegate responsibilities and how it takes everyone in the kingdom of God to work together to do a great work. You can't do it by yourself. But we entered into chapter 4. Some things happened, some things happened, some things happened in chapter 4. Chapter 4, those same enemies, Sanballat and, and a few of the other people had heard what was going on. They heard that not only was the temple rebuilt, but they heard that these, uh, these Jews, they were rebuilding the walls. Not only is your worship right, but now you're developing boundaries and now you're keeping people out that need to be out of your life, keeping things out of your life that need to be out of your life. Oh, no. The enemy says, I can't have that. And so we look at this chapter, and I'll tell you what we want to talk about. Today we want to talk about overcoming defeat. Overcoming defeat. The importance of acknowledging and changing your self-defeating mindset. Very, I don't know who I'm talking to, uh, but I can talk to myself, though, and I believe if I ever talk to myself, then somebody else will understand. The need to acknowledge and overcome your self-defeating mindset. Chapter 4, verse 1, New Living Translation. Sanballat was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. Everybody just got to be haters. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews. This is what he said in front of the friends of, of, of the Sumerian officers. What does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing, think they're doing? Do they think they can rebuild a wall in a single day just because they're fasting for 21 days? It didn't say that part. Uh, do they think they can just uh, build a wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make some, something of stones from rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, <laughs> This stone wall would collapse even if a fox would walk along the top of it. They're, they're negative. They're, they're, they're thinking negative. They're, they're looking at the work that you're doing. The enemy is looking at the work that you're doing, and he's trying to find a way to discourage you. Verse 4, Then I prayed. This is Nehemiah. Then I prayed. Hear us, or our God, for we are being mocked. They're scoffing. Um, their scoffing fall back on. Let their may their scoffing fall back on their heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. He started to pray. His response to the enemy was to pray. Then verse five: Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. Each of us are builders. At last, the wall was completed half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked hard with enthusiasm. They, they worked with enthusiasm, and now the wall was completed halfway, halfway done. But that's not enough. But when Sambalad and Tobiah and the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard that the, working, that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they became furious. 
They became furious. The enemy became furious. Your, your, your enemies become furious when they look at your life and they're able to see that you're making progress. In verse 8, they all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and to throw us into confusion, confusion, confusion. But we prayed. Somebody say pray. Pray. All right. To our God and guarded the city uh, day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. They began to complain. They began to complain. The workers are getting tired, and there is so much rubble to be moved. It's, it, we, we will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. Verse 12. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. We'll just stop right there. When you look, I know it's a whole lot that I just read, but when we look at this passage, the reason why I believe the progress became delayed was because we see the ingredients or the recipe for a defeated life. We see the recipe. We see negative thinking, confusion, and frustration. And because we see those three ingredients, then we see how the people began to, um, to stop doing the good work that they were doing. And I was just looking at this passage, and it was just, it was, it was, it was not fascinating to me, but it spoke to me. Because you have an enemy who is looking and, and he's seeing the work that you're doing. He's seeing the work that we're doing and he's saying, hey, you think that just because you're sacrificing and you're doing a little fast or just because you're trying to turn over a new leaf and you did this and this, that everything is going to be okay. You have the enemy speaking, the enemy speaking, the enemy speaking. But then... It shows that the enemy also wanted to frustrate their plans by bringing confusion in their lives. He's saying, what do you think? You think, your thoughts, your thoughts, looking at your thoughts, trying to bring confusion, and then the people became frustrated. But what I think the most pivotal passage, the most pivotal verse in this passage is verse 10. And if you look with me, verse 10, verse 10, it simply says that, the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired. There is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the walls by ourselves. But then if that, if, if that mindset, that self-defeating mindset wasn't enough, what happened is they, they now go to Nehemiah and then you see anxiety attacking again. Because cause now they go to Nehemiah and, and, they, and they start to concoct these different scenarios that they think are going to happen. And they're saying, hey, hey, listen, they're going to attack us from the left side. They're going to attack us from the right side. We can't do the work because it, it, it's not going to work because they're going to come and get us. Over and over they're coming. Now they're replaying all these possible scenarios. What anxiety controlling the future, wanting to control the future, and because of that, the people became discouraged, and then they stopped doing the work. The enemy wants to frustrate your purpose, but you need to learn how to, to defend your purpose. The goal of the enemy is to change how you think. 
And if he can change how you think, then he can change how you speak. And when we look at verse 10, it highlights the self-defeating mindset that the people had developed over time. I can't do this. It'll never get done. It's so much to do. I, I can't, it, it'll never work out. I don't have what it takes. It's too much rubble. When, now, they didn't look at the fact that they got half of the wall built. They didn't look at the fact that there were so many people working together and God was blessing them. They didn't look at the fact that they made it uh, safely from Babylon or, or Persia back to Jerusalem. They didn't look at the fact that the temple and the worship had been resurrected and revived. They didn't look at that. They were just looking at everything around them that didn't look to their uh, uh, satisfaction. Their thoughts, because the enemy, now what I did like was that, number one, it will teach us if you, if you want to do, to overcome defeat. i just give you two simple points. If you want to overcome defeat, number, the, the first thing you have to do is learn how to reroute your thoughts. Reroute your thoughts. You have to reroute your anxiety, your fear, and your frustration, and you have to put them on the altar. That's what I loved about verse 4 and verse 9, Nehemiah's response when the people were trying to get in their heads, when the enemy is trying to get in your thoughts, when the enemy wants you to look at what you're not doing well and what you don't have, you have to learn how to reroute, reroute. When you're walking today and that negative thing comes in your mind, you just say the word reroute. I'm, I'm rerouting you. I'm rerouting you. I'm rerouting you. You have to reroute your negative thoughts. I didn't, I, I, I failed, I, I, I ate some sweets, or I watched television, or I didn't do something right, so let, let me reroute those thoughts. I, I'm leaving this at the altar, Lord. This is for you because I can't play God. They try to play God. You play God when you choose to keep your anxiety, your fears, and your frustrations in your hands. You cannot play God. I cannot play God. I am a lousy God even on my best day. You are a lousy God even on your best day. But if you're going to learn how to overcome a self-defeating mindset, you have to learn first to reroute your thoughts and leave them at the altar. And the second, but, but when you stop doing that, they did that at first in verse 4 and verse 9. Every time something happened, they went and they reported it and they gave it to God. But the very moment you stop rerouting your thoughts, the, the very moment you stop rerouting your anxiety, your frustration, and your fears and put them on the altar, that is when you give space, that is when you give oxygen for the self-defeating mindset. Because in verse 10, just one verse later, then they started looking at what they were not doing. And they began to tell themselves, we will never get this work done because it's too much to do and we don't have what it takes. And that's when they started to delay the progress that they were making. And so number one is reroute your thoughts. And number two is change your language. Change your language. What do you mean change your language? I'm glad you asked. Jump over to, to chapter six with me real quick. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, and then I'm leaving you. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Jeshem, the Arab, and the rest of the enemies heard that I and the people rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it. Then Sanballat, Geshem, uh, and Geshem sent 
to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plains of Ono. But see, they really wanted to do me harm. So you know what I did? This is what Nehemiah says in verse 3. So I sent messengers to my enemy, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down to you. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? In verse 4, but they sent me this same message four times. My enemy sent me this message. My thoughts came to me trying to tell me what I can't do four times. And every time those thoughts come into your head, you got to tell them the same thing. That's what he says. And I answered them in the same manner. I love that attitude because not only do you change or you reroute your thoughts, but you got to change your language. Sometimes you got to build the courage to tell the things, the thoughts, and the people in your life that I can no longer come down to your level of dysfunction because I am doing a great work. I know you might think you failed on this fast two and three and four and five times, but you cannot come down to your old way of thinking because you're doing a great work. Be reminded of that. Don't look at what you're not doing. Look at what God has already done. But the moment you start thinking about what your hands can do, that's the moment you will be overwhelmed. You all need to have a wonderful day. Be encouraged today and know that God loves you. Know that God loves you. Lord, bless us, keep us, guide us as we go throughout this day, day nine. We thank you because we're building walls. We're rebuilding our lives. And we need you, God, to be with us. Help us to overcome our self-defeating mindsets. Help us to reroute our thoughts and leave them at your feet. Help us to change our language and to speak confident to our enemies. We bless you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. You all have a good day. Love you. May God be with you. <laughs>